0: Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney, and as I like to call him, the Fire Nation's Dante Bosco is still out on a project. And of course we miss him. We love him. We wish we were here. By the way, everybody, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge the big news that just almost broke the Internet. Okay, here's what. Avatar fans, hold on to your hair loops because we're getting not one, not two, but three movies from Avatar Studios. That's right. We're getting three more installments of Avatar verse Magic. Huge congrats to director Lauren Montgomery, who's tapped to lead on the first of the three movies as director. Okay, I am so thrilled to be joined again by my friend, otherwise known as the Prefector, which we coined last season of Braving the Elements when we realized that we could go to Hector Navarro for just about anything Avatarverse related, and he would have the same level of enthusiasm and probably more knowledge than we ourselves would. (laughs) And so it was such a no-brainer to have him back as early as possible for season two. Prefector, how are you, my friend?
1: No pressure, no pressure. I'm so (laughs) happy to be here. I miss Dante. It's one of my favorite things to get to come and hang out with you guys. And I love talking about all things Avatar And this episode especially is one of my favorites. So I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that worked Mm -hmm. out. I had a good feeling.
0: (laughs) So you have also been doing, of course, the SpongeBob Binge Pants podcast. I had the tremendous honor of doing a couple of episodes with you on that podcast. You're doing such an amazing job. No surprise there.
1: So much fun. (laughs) How's it
0: been going? How's Frankie? Tell me everything.
1: It has been going so great. You know what? SpongeBob's a pretty good show. I don't know if we've it's talked about that before. It's darn good. It's pretty good, turns out, if you watch <laughs> it and then talk about it. Uh, we've been having some fantastic conversations and interviews with people. We just talked to a now Paramount executive, but a, at the time, Nickelodeon executive who was in the room actually hearing the famous legendary pitch For *SpongeBob SquarePants* by Steven Hillenburg, Eric Coleman—we just talked to Uh, him—and it was like Eric
0: on our show. Yeah, exactly. He made it all happen. The timing of *Avatar* and *SpongeBob* was like—he was there. That man shepherded a couple of real big deal projects Uh at Nickelodeon. Uh He's such a creative, you know, he's such an executive who you wouldn't think you're like, oh, you should be like running the world. What's happening Mm here? He's amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you talked to him. It was wonderful. Just really like inspirational. And Eric was bringing up the best takeaways from the pitch because that legendary pitch. Steven, Steven Hillenberg was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and there was like a theme song and there was a, a conch smart. shell that you could like hold up to your ear and hear the theme and like Whoa. all these amazing, yeah, flourishes and all this great stuff. And Eric kept saying, listen, I want the takeaway to be that shouldn't be what every pitch should be. The reason the pitch was so great was because the characters were so great, because that foundation was so great, you know? So, yeah. But just like awesome and so cool to talk to people who were there, Janet, just yes. like every time I get to hang out with you, because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Cora. Hi, Cora. Hi. Oh, man.
0: We met many years ago under that same circumstance, and, uh <laughs> I love it. I am so excited that that podcast is happening, doing well, and that there's so much to dig into. Yes. Thank you. And hopefully I'll, listen, I don't wish for Frankie to be gone, but you know I'm coming for you. If I hear (laughs) even a a whisper that he's not available, I would be like, excuse me, hello, I'm calling on an old-fashioned phone. I'm calling on a conch (laughs) shell. Well, I want to just bring us up to kind of where we are here early in season two Mm -hmm. of Braving the Elements. We didn't do an episode last week. Last week we talked to Olivia Hack, a.k.a. Ty Lee. Which was a wonderful conversation, and I'm such a fan of hers for this particular show and so many other things that she's done. It was a blast, but it did take us a little bit off track of where we are in book two. So our last Avatar episode was returned to Omashu, where we had the disturbing discovery that the Fire Nation had essentially taken over and was holding Bumi prisoner. And not only that, but when the episode ends, uncharacteristically of Avatar, Bumi's still a prisoner, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: He's just like, sorry, I'm not your guy right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there's probably someone else out there who should be teaching you Earthbending. Yep, and there is. you know we know Boomy. We love Boomy. We're like, well, wait a minute. This is such a weird bait and switch. Where's he going? Who is who could possibly <laughs> be a better Earthbender and better Earthbending teacher and master <laughs> than Boomy? I don't know of anyone. So frankly, I'm very worried about where this season is going.
1: Mm-hmm. I if you not just seen it? It's know. pretty good. You're in for a treat. <laughs> You're in for a treat, Janet. It gets I'm pretty good. I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the episode we're recapping today: The Swamp. In the swamp, we see visions of people we've lost, people we loved, folks we think are gone. But
1: the swamp tells us they're not. We're still connected to them. Time is an illusion, and so is death.
0: I mean, some goofy stuff in this episode, some heavy stuff in this episode. Mm -hmm. You're so right to love this episode. It's a real gem. Do you want to kind of give us the sort of big picture look at what this episode brings to us as
1: fans yes i would love to and then i'll very quickly say what it brought to me personally but first please here is the synopsis in case anybody needs a little refresher here's what happens a tornado brings team avatar down into a strange swamp where the gang is immediately split up Aang, Katara, and Sokka all experience mysterious visions, while Appa and Momo must run for their lives from some hungry hunters. When Aang and Katara and Sokka are finally reunited, they're attacked by a swamp monster. Or is it a monster? Is there more to this swamp than meets the eye? Meanwhile, here's the B-plot. Zuko and Iroh try to stay under the radar in an Earth Kingdom village, but Zuko's patience is wearing thin. Mm -hmm. Wonderful synopsis. I just want to say real quick that I think I remember the first time I watched this episode. (gasps) Oh, yeah? Because I had a couple of takeaways, but my main takeaway was that I loved the way that waterbending was explored in this. It felt like such a fresh... I mean, we know all the manners of bending now when you've seen the shows, when you've explored the different worlds in the Avatarverse, but like to get that early season one, season two, little by little exploration, you know, oh, what about this? Oh, what about this kind of bending? Okay, what about a riff on this kind of bending? It was so cool and it made me kind of solidify i'm like i think i love waterbending the most and this oh, episode is one of the yes, kind of little pieces of proof one of the reasons point. i love it the second thing i want to say too great is point. re-watching this episode in preparation for today the message is beautiful like yeah. i removed janet and i and i i'm sitting here as an adult in my 30s and i'm like huh I really needed to hear this today. I feel like I've been having a good couple of weeks, you know, but just life is happening. And I'm hearing this message and I'm going, thanks. Thanks, everybody who worked on this. I needed to hear this today. Awesome.
0: (laughs) There's been so much of that, especially with just what the last couple of years have brought. There, All of these episodes, there seems like there's at least one moment where you really do have this. It settles deeper somewhere inside you and you go, boy, I, I really needed to hear that. And I did not know that I needed to hear it. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I am very happy to say that this episode was written by Tim Hedrick. Of course, we had him on last season. He's such a great sense of humor. One of <laughs> my favorite funny moments in Probably the entirety of this series happens uh, twice in this particular episode. <laughs> I love it so much, and it feels so, 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 Tim, to me. This episode was also was directed by the phenomenal Giancarlo Volpe and has a couple of really, really fun guest stars. William H. Bassett is our swamp monster. Mm-hmm. We have Carlos Alizraqui, who you know from every other cartoon ever, <laughs> <laughs> and we have Joe Alaski and all. All of our regulars and some other voices that you will hear more from in future episodes and ones that we know and love and miss from past episodes. I also will say a tree with a lot of roots connecting a lot of things. Avatar. Huh. Ah. This was really a lot sooner than... Other things with a named avatar who had trees who connected. Anyway, it's cool. It's cool. it's cool. it's cool. It's
1: cool. It's cool. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. It's just a crazy coincidence. Let me just say, I see you. That's all I'll say. I see Thank you, Janet. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Okay.
0: Yeah. I love this episode, too. I love everything you said about it. And I love this idea of the sort of accidental vision quest, yeah. too. That's something that yeah. we're going to dig into
1: as well. Isn't the pacing of this show phenomenal? Oh. Because it starts and I'm like, okay, this is going to be this kind of adventure. You know, the gang gets lost. And then it's just comedy. And then it's horror. And then it's, it's like you said, an accidental vision quest. And then it ends. And then I feel better about my existence on this planet. What a cartoon. (laughs) What a great show. It's every (laughs) genre.
0: Okay, let's get into it. Why don't you take us in? What's happening in the uh, early part of the episode, my friend?
1: You got it. So it opens up Zuko and Iroh are trying to stay low, maybe too low in Zuko's eyes in an Uh Earth Kingdom village. Iroh is comfortably begging for spare change in the great tradition of humble living and Buddhist principles, might we add, uh, as Zuko just does not like any single part of this. Iroh shows what you can get done with kindness and not just ordering people around, which I think is a great lesson for Zuko, obviously. And I like the part where Iroh compliments a girl on her smile. Then a brash man offers a coin for some entertainment and to Zuko's horror, Uncle Iroh sings... This little song.
0: So the song that Iroh sings, It's a Long, Long Way to Ba Sing Se, right, it was inspired by the World War I marching song, It's a Long Way to Tipperary. And because uh, they wanted to have Iroh with, you know, sort of make a good marching song for his troops.
1: And here it is. It's a long, long way to Ba Sing Se,
0: but the girls in the city, they look so pretty.
1: And yes, the guy's a jerk, but Iroh is unperturbed. He's unbothered. It does not get under his skin at all. But Zuko, on the other hand, we will see how it gets under his skin. I also want to point out something I don't remember, this great detail. But in this scene, as we're setting this up, we get the establishing shot of them sitting on the street. A cart rolls by. Blue Spirit mask was on the cart That's or something. Right, that the
0: looked, blue spirit cart. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of maybe foreshadowing, but I just <gasps> loved that mid ground detail.
0: I'm so glad you caught that. Yeah. That's a real share me the details mm-hmm. moment, especially since I'm wearing a blue spirit shirt. Even yes. as we speak. I also love somehow just the way Mako sings, where they look so pretty. I love that it's like pretty. <laughs> pretty. It's not pretty. It's pretty. Uh, very, very simple. Satisfying. Mm. Meanwhile, when we start out with Zuko and Iroh, we're like, okay, cool. Where's Team Avatar? What's going on there? We Mm -hmm. see Appa soaring through the sky. The gang is passing over some kind of landscape below. It seems like Aang is almost kind of hypnotically drawn to it. And in fact, without even realizing it, he's sort of taking down Appa towards the swamp and you know everybody's kind of like what, what are you doing where are we going why are we descending towards this and he's like I don't Aang says he kind of feels like he's being called to it Sokka is mm-hmm. usual very skeptical but Aang sort of thinks back to Bumi's advice to sort of wait and listen could that have been a harbinger of oh wait maybe that's what he meant maybe this is the moment he's talking about maybe i just need to kind of wait and listen and see how this bears out and they're descending deeper and deeper but everybody else is kind of feeling like this does not feel great so Aang Mm -hmm. kind of backs off of that instinct and they decide to leave it behind but before they can this like olive green tornado huge huge tornado appears out of nowhere and immediately just sort of sweeps directly toward them. It seems like they're targeting Team Avatar. And before you know it, they are just flung into these kind of murky depths of the swamp, which, how does that bode? Probably not well. We don't know.
1: No, but for the story, it's excellent because what a Correct. mystery. What the, What in the <laughs> heck is going on? <laughs> Absolutely. It also leads to some top choice Appa and Momo Moments, which we're going to get to. But the thing that happens next is Appa and Momo are nowhere to be seen. We are with Katara, Sokka, and Aang. They are standing in waist deep water. Sokka acquires an elbow leech. Which is really big, by the way. (laughs) Huge. I love this universe because the great creators behind the Avatar verse are like, this animal we combine with this animal. But sometimes they're just like, big. Make it big. (laughs) (laughs) Big boy. And absolutely it has to be Sokka who has to get it, of course. Of course. Yep. That's the comedy rule. It's always that guy who gets it. Uh, So this tornado that took him down is gone. And then we go to Appa. And he is suspended midair by vines of this swamp. Momo is still with him and helpfully sort of chews the vines until they kind of snap and then Appa falls. He plummets down, makes a huge splash. But then as soon as he's freed and and he tries to take off again, he gets tangled up again, which I thought was a wonderful choice to really visually just show us how these characters are thinking and how this area is not set up for Appa. He does not like the swamp and we get it. He is like like claustrophobic needs the air needs the open you know sky and this is just worst case scenario for him Um, for sure then we cut back to Sokka is also hacking away at the vines carelessly while Katara Mm. and Aang ask him to be a little kinder to the swamp maybe you should listen to Aang something about this place feels alive 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 <laughs> and then janet we have this very horror movie style moment where we actually see the gang from behind uh, someone or something is watching them we can see through their point of view through a curtain of vines or something we don't know exactly what's going on but it definitely reminded scary. me of the evil dead movies yes super scary yes.
0: Well, listen, you're so right. me. You mentioned it earlier. You really, this is some real genre bending that happens in this episode. And that is such a classic horror movie moment when you're like, oh, no, I'm seeing this from the point of view of something that our friends can't see. Turn around. Mm-hmm. Don't turn around. I don't know what I want you to do, but this is super scary. So we're going to see how that bears out. <laughs> they do out. not
1: just bend water on this show. They bend <laughs> genres. That's genres. right. Genres.
0: <laughs> So back with Appa, I mean, he's given up. He's exhausted. He's this huge beast. He can't seem to outsmart these vines. Momo can only chew so many so fast. And Momo's like, okay, cool. I get that you're tired. Uh, I don't want to be here. So, in D. Bradley Baker's inimitable way, he manages to communicate so much with just sounds. It's clear that he wants to get out of there and that this Sky Bison is his way out. So, he's trying to blow the bison whistle. It does nothing but irritate him. And over with Katara, Sokka, and Aang, I mean, they are just plodding through the night. And they're trying to find Appa and Momo. You know, we have a sense from seeing up above that this is a very big place and they were dropped Mm -hmm. into who knows where. So it feels kind of futile and that they could be anywhere. But, you know, they're going to keep trying Mm -hmm. to find them. Sokka's attitude, not doing him any favors as he's attacked by flying insects. He sort of seems to get plagued by this like stinky swamp gas, which I guess they all are forced to smell. But somehow it feels like Sokka's fault. (laughs) Um, And then, oh, here we go. We teased it out. Tim Hedrick the writer brings one of my favorite comedy moments from book two and maybe the entire series the screaming bird the plump cute (laughs) open-throated human (laughs) screaming bird kind of simpsons-esque again in a way that i absolutely love look there's nothing supernatural going on here (laughs) i think we should build a fire It's very, very funny. So we get Mm -hmm. that break in the tension. And then Sokka's continuing to just sort of, he's cutting stuff down. He's swiping at stuff. He's hitting at stuff. He's clapping bugs. There's a bright bug that he swats at that sort of ends up illuminating. And then we see a bunch of other glowing eyes around them. The trio is officially freaked out. And then we get to see what's going on with Appa and Momo again. What's happening over there?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if I may, Janet, I would love to, Please. because I'm in the presence of a comedy genius here, Janet Varney, I need to <laughs> go back just a hair and I would love to try to unpack the comedy moment that is one of your yes. favorites. I would love to yes. ask you if you can scientifically, I'm not the perfector you're the perfector now, if you can scientifically yeah. try to explain why that is so <laughs> funny, I would love well. to hear your take on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that if I remember correctly, the context is sort of like, could this get any creepier? Is everything super creepy here? <laughs> and to see this very plump, very cute, like this little beak is very snub nose, like a little short beak. Uh, yes. Whatever sound you think is going to come out, when we say screaming, we don't mean like it's a D. Bradley Baker level, like this animal doesn't exist in real life, but he has created this magical sound to go along with it. Uh-huh. It sounds uh-huh. like a person screaming. Yeah. And it is so over the top. And it's such an unexpected sound to come out of that animal <laughs> that it is beyond <laughs> absurd. Mm-hmm. And, and also it's the stillness. It's like, here's the bird. It opens its beak, a horrible scream comes out, and then it closes its mouth and that's it. It lives in its own little beautiful bubble, right? Do you agree? Yeah. Have I hit it on the head,
1: hopefully? I think you nailed it. I think that there's (laughs) it also reminded me of those videos of screaming goats, which I still don't believe (gasps) are real. I still I'm like, I need to see it in person. I need to see it with my own eyes because the goats that scream and then are filmed sounds so human. They and you described so it perfectly, human. Janet. It just sounds like a guy. <laughs> I don't want to do it and blow out the ears of everybody listening, but it's also like a little bit of, of a release almost. That's what's so uh-huh. funny about it. It's like, oh, nobody is D Bradley Baker except D Bradley Baker, but Correct. anybody can voice this bird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like when you listen to the great
1: Biz Marquee singing, you got what I need. It's a great song because Biz is singing in a voice that we all have. We and could it's, all you know, can all do that. We can all can do that's that. Right. So here's this Bismarck E-bird that like, oh, that's just a guy screaming. They just got oh, a guy it. off of Olive Avenue in Burbank. And they were like, <laughs> can you come into the studio and record this, please? Huh? What do you need? Oh, can
0: you come in here? <laughs> we got to find out who it is because it's probably yeah. D. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, it's probably still D. We got to find out who it is. We have a mission. And because I love it so much, you know, I had to try to find out who is that screaming bird. I asked him Hedrick. He thinks it's probably D. And then I asked D and he definitely remembers the critter. And he says if he remembers it, there's a really, really strong chance that he did it. But he listened to it a few times and he thinks he did it. But then there were sound effects added after the fact. So that is the current theory on that one.
1: Thank you for breaking down that comedy moment for me. So, it's
0: my extreme pleasure.
1: Back to the show. We're back with Appa and Momo, and Appa is conked out while Momo is tormented by all of the incredibly loud and strange sounds of the swamp that we were just describing. Finally, Appa wakes up and out roars them all, eliciting silence. Another great comedy moment of just yeah. a really cute moment it's great That's go so back good. to the kids the kids are sleeping back to back because suddenly a series of vines wraps around them talk about horror movie they're dragged yeah. apart from each other katara's fending them off is she fog bending what's happening ang manages to get away but his friends are nowhere in sight or nowhere within earshot
0: Yeah. What do you think about that Katara moment? Because you were talking about that all the ways in which we see water being used. And that's one of those scenes where you kind of have to look carefully because clearly she's slicing through the vines with something. But Mm -hmm. you don't hear the sound of water. You're like, wait a minute. There's mist everywhere.
1: (gasps) Mm -hmm. I guess mist is water. What's happening? This is very cool. I love it. I love it. It's like the first time I watched The Incredibles and you can't choose which character has the coolest powers and then Frozone shows up and you're like, oh, he's the coolest. Oh, but he wouldn't work everywhere because he's got to make ice. But then it just, it's based on like the moisture in the air when you learn yeah. that in the movie. So then when yeah. he's in a burning building and there's no moisture, you're like, oh no, he can't use his powers. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I love that thinking about these kinds of powers at that level. But it's still not my favorite bending I mean, we'll get to it later, but I just get to it. I love what Katara does later. It's so super cool. But yeah, this is definitely the beginning of that.
0: And I will add that I don't know, Hector, if you've had perfector, I should say. If you have been to a full on kind of rainforest. But I went to one in Hawaii on the (gasps) Big Island and it was the loudest natural place I've ever been. It sounded (laughs) like I was in the middle of a city. There were frogs that were so, so loud. It was like too loud. I mean, it was wonderful. But you could not live in that space. And it totally reminds me of Momo trying to sleep and wondering how Appa is even sleeping at all or seems to be sleeping. Because it was the cacophony of different sounds and different creatures and and animals that are alive and wanting to make themselves heard in a rainforest is (laughs) mind-blowing. It was so cool. And to be honest, I could have used an Appa in that moment to go... (laughs) Okay. So so now, all of a sudden, we're faced with these, hello, what's this? What's going on? Now we see two men in green loincloths and what look like lily pad berets, lily pad hats. (laughs) Who are they? What's happening? They have found Appa's footprints. They're very excited to catch dinner. And Mm -hmm. they have very kind of traditional Traditionally understood as maybe like backwoods, small communities, voices.
1: Mm. Um, You know, it's funny because I thought that the show made a really kind of an interesting, bold choice because typically the accent I associate with kind of hanging out in the swamp and kind of being from swampy regions is I think the classic one that everybody thinks of, which is like, hey, how you doing? What are you doing in my swamp? Get out of here. Forget about it. So the fact that this show didn't do that voice, I was like, bold move. I mean, that's not just me, right? That's everybody's...
0: Actually, I have to say, I don't know if it's just you, but I disagree because whenever I think about a swamp, I think of someone saying, hello, welcome to the swamp. This is where I live, the swamp, as you can tell from my accent.
1: Yeah, yeah, Georgia. That's like, yeah, well. South Carolina-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah, so again, kudos to the Avatar team. This is MVP, Carlos Alazraki, right. who does double oh, duty. He voices both of these duty. characters. I did he not does. know that until I looked up the credits, and I was like, he yeah. did both? Yeah. They're just playing with each other. These two characters, they're so, so great back and forth. So yeah, Carlos doing an awesome, completely unheard of, swamp accent. Shout
0: out to Carlos. Shout out to Carlos. That's right. And now we know that somebody has seen evidence of Appa and is very interested in perhaps eating Appa. So we're extremely nervous as we then see Appa and Momo sloshing through that swamp. They (laughs) are accosted by a cat gator, a catfish Mm -hmm. alligator. I gotta say, as scary as it was, I think I might still prefer it to a straight up alligator. It still was cuter to me. I know it's subjective, but It was cuter than a conventional alligator. Its teeth seemed a little less pointy. Its nose was a little cuter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the good news is is that even with something as, as fierce and as predatorial as a cat gator, nobody's a match for the fierceness of Appa and Momo. Once again, we have these gentle, lovely creatures who continue to blow us away with how incredibly fierce they can be when they need to be. Thank goodness.
1: Just awesome. And again, it's like, I'm not Carlos Ellis Rocky. I'm not these guys. You know, I'm not a voice actor because if it were me, I would have been in the booth and I would have been like, hey, we're trying to get some dinner over here. Wait up. What are you doing? Come on. What is? Hey, what the heck does a limo? I'm so
0: hungry. I'm so well, hungry. Yeah,
1: totally. Absolutely <laughs> what I would have done. So, you know, again, I'm not a voice actor. That's why. Yeah, so, kudos. Yeah.
0: All right, so now we got to check in on our buddies who are all separated from each other, right?
1: Here's where it starts to get. Here's how you know it's a good Avatar episode because they all get a little sad. So Katara is wandering through the swamp. She's calling out for anybody who might be able to hear and help. And now... Things are getting sad and a little weird and very interesting because she sees a figure in the distance. Is it her mom? The music swells. Katara runs towards her, shedding tears of joy, which is just like heartbreaking because you know that it's not In mere seconds she sees this figure turn into like a swamp tree trunk sticking out of the water which was a really great design really cool but what the heck is going on in this place so go over to Sokka Sokka is up to his old tricks slashing and swiping then he too has a vision it's Yue in her moon goddess form which again is like oh that's so sad come on we just finished season one (laughs) Yeah. Way too and it soon. gets
0: worse. Right. Because yeah. at least you're like, well, oh, he's getting to at least see her like he's sort of having his Katara hopeful moment. And then it's even worse than her just not being there for a second. Right. What yes, happens?
1: Because she accuses him oh. saying you didn't protect me, which is oh. like the the most heartbreaking thing that a oh. hero character has to deal with yes. anytime they feel like they failed a loved one. They yes. feel like they weren't there for somebody. Yue? This is just a trick of the light. Swamp gas. I hit my head running away last night. I'm going crazy. You didn't protect me. You didn't protect me. It's so, so sad. And then she's gone. And then we're yeah. with Aang, who suddenly sees a giggling figure and a flying pig who both spirit away moments after Aang catches sight of them. He tries to get to the figure every time she appears, but she's just all over the place. He cannot seem to reach her. I love Avatar The Last Airbender because it is such a rewarding show on rewatch viewings. So it's so fun as an Avatar fan to watch this episode, but I'm pretty sure I also remember just being really invested in the mystery the first time I watched it. So it yeah. works on multiple levels.
0: It works on multiple levels. I'm very excited that you said Spirit Away. It feels like a real shout out to Spirit Away, if an unintentional <laughs> one. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there it was. Now we go back to Appa and Momo. They're facing off with the guys that we saw earlier. So they have been paced. These guys have caught up to them. And worse, they're not alone. And their enthusiasm to eat Appa has now extended over to poor Momo, who may <laughs> or may not taste like possum chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, you have to have the joke of, like, you think everything tastes like possum chicken because it tastes like chicken is a kind of old school meme, a verbal meme of the world. Everything
1: tastes like chicken. Yep.
0: That's right. And one of the guys tries to, and this is a great moment, too. We have one of our Carlos-voiced characters trying to soothe the creatures by reassuring him, no, no, just stay calm. We're just fixing to eat ya. And (laughs) the animals take off. The chase is on. We see that, shall we call them swamp benders? Because we definitely now see that they are propelling their boats by their own moves the moves are extremely cool again a new form of bending that have their own new movements that we haven't seen before some great music that starts up from our friend Jeremy Zuckerman really really Mm -hmm. great music we have a, a little mouth harp in there and I think this is probably a good time too to point out that I know you and I are both we love 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 our Art of Avatar books I know my friend has it with him, you know I've got it with me too, buddy. I think we're both just very lucky there's more than one issue of this book. What if there was only one? Yeah. We'd have to, like, share custody of it. <laughs> um. He gets it Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. <laughs> so if you if you have the book, you will find out that they are modeled after Doug TenNapel from Cat Scratch, which is a Nickelodeon show, and Carlos Ramos from The X's, which was a Nickelodeon show I watched and absolutely loved. So that is such a fun inside scoop, right? This idea of different animators at Nickelodeon creating mm-hmm. this sort of like ugly brawl and rivalry in which nothing bad happens except. The That they draw each other on their shows in their own (laughs) styles. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, what's going on with the rest of Team Avatar?
1: All right, so we come back over to Aang, who's still chasing this mysterious, yet very familiar Janet figure until he, Katara, and Sokka are suddenly reunited and that they literally tumble into each other and then down a giant... Drunk. Uh-huh. They recap their experiences. <laughs> they fill each other in. Sokka thinks that their visions were all in their minds. Surprise, uh, surprise. Were they all led here to the center of the swamp? Aang thinks so. So there's this kind of back and forth. You know, Sokka's scoffing at that. He likes to think of everything as being having a scientific explanation, and Aang is obviously tapped into the Avatar spirit world, so he knows yeah. that the world is more than what we can see. And yeah. then a giant swamp monster rises out of the water, scaring the poop out of them, <laughs> and worse, they are trapped like that for an entire commercial break. Oh, come unless, on! unless you're watching it on Paramount+, Plus, in which case it just <laughs> rolls right through that. Uh, but let's see what happens after we take... A break of our own, shall we? How
0: dare you leave them hanging with that swamp monster? How dare (laughs) you? Travelers, how many times has this happened to you when you're bedding down for a nice rest on your way through the swamp? Ah! Give yourself the gift of silence with Momo's patented earplugs. Made of delightfully soft woven air bison hair, these earplugs were made by and for lemurs, but will also fit human ears. Momo's patented earplugs, patent pending. All right, we're back. We got to get our kiddos out of this situation. But before (laughs) we get into what happens, let's just talk about the Swamp Thing because its design is so cool. Uh, I didn't think this the first time I saw it because I did not have an awareness of who Groot was. Mm. But since knowing Guardians of the Galaxy many years hence and doing these rewatches, there is a kind of Grootness to this Swamp Thing character, which is very, very cool. And so it has these kind of thick vines that that appear to make up its body. And then this very cool kind of wooden mask type thing as its face. And it kind of reminds me of No Face, too. Uh, No Face, of course, from the wonderful movie, Miyazaki movie, Spirited Away. Like this idea of this sort of very scary creature with just this blank Inexpressive solid mask of a face, like a classic
1: comedy drama mask, you know, it's what yes, it looks like. Or absolutely, it also reminds me of the Jim Carrey the mask mask. Like, it, that, it does look, yeah,
0: you're right, it does look like the Which Jim is Carrey is mask. Really cool. Maybe if any of us puts that mask on, we'll become a swamp monster.
1: Let's find out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we gotta track <laughs> that mask
0: down. <laughs> so, this swamp monster definitely into grabbing Sokka, it's grabbing him, it's tossing Aang about, but. Is it a match for Katara's waterbending skills? Is mm. this one of the moments that you love so much about Katara's bending? Because it seems like yes. it's a pretty fair fight, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So she does fight it. The creature... Unfortunately, still ends up kind of sending her soaring through the sky. It's smothering Sokka. And then over with Appa, he and Momo are still trying to outrun those swamp benders. And at some point, the the thing that happens in stuff where you're like, someone's on a horse or someone's on a thing. And the thing goes under a trunk or a branch. And you're like, no, 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 no. And then Appa (laughs) goes under it and Momo gets thrown backwards and there is a sack just waiting open for him to fly into get closed up they've got him So he's Mm -hmm. in the sack with the hunters. Then back over with our other heroes, and creates a blast of twisting air, kind of mimicking that tornado that we saw at the beginning. Katara Mm -hmm. is waterbending as they sort of form this huge hole in the monster, which does free up Sokka. And let's talk about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, because that's when she starts to create these kind of amazing slicing water arcs that are chopping the monster up faster than it can recover. And even in that moment, we think we see something inside is that a person behind all those (gasps) vines
1: it looks like it is i love this waterbending moment so hard it is so cool and makes me love waterbending maybe the most and uh katara is just consistently like the most amazing and talented and cool character for me And I love everybody else too, but just the way that the slicing water was animated is so great and so cool. And it feels, I mean, this is a show I'm watching on my TV screen. I'm in my room. It's dry, but it feels like everything's wet. The yes, vine's getting sliced. Well you said. know, it, it, it just yes. feels like I'm in there. And that's credit to the animation, the sound design, the colors, everything about it is just Agreed. gorge, gorge. Agreed. I love it. I love it. I love it. Agreed. So Agreed. when the characters think that they see a guy in there, Aang doesn't understand what the heck's going on as soon as they get to this guy. Why did you call me here if you just wanted to kill us? Wait. I didn't call you here. Aang explains the feeling of being called down into the swamp. He's the Avatar. And just like that, bygones are bygones, and the man (laughs) leads him back to his home. He pretty much immediately is like, you're the Avatar? Come with me. Like, immediately. I love that. It's like this incredible Avengers A1 priority card. Like, you flash on the Avatar and just, like, unlimited access, you know, to anything. That's right. (laughs) So he leads him back to his home. Sokka uses the opportunity to point out how unmagical and Mm unmystical this has all turned out to be. It's a waterbender in the swamp. That's what it was. But even the swamp monster waterbender himself objects. This is a sacred place. He reached enlightenment right under this tree, right there. So it's this wonderful it's a moment that proves both are correct, both points of view are right.
0: Yeah. Which
1: is balance, which is what the show's about, which is where the themes are Oh my goodness. So well said it's so
0: great. This is why we bring in the (laughs) Perfector. Yeah, and you know, when this man likens the swamp and its connectedness To itself, to kind of, you know, not only is the swamp like this where everything is connected to everything else, but Mm -hmm. the whole world is like that. And even Aang, who has a profound understanding and sense and willingness and openness to these ideas, even he's a little surprised to hear someone make that Big and wide sweeping of a statement. The whole yes. world is like this, and he goes on to say some just wonderfully beautiful classic Avatar verse brilliance, which is echoing the writings of so many people through the centuries. We are all living together. I'm gonna get choked up. Ugh, every time. I'm glad you're here <laughs> for this. You can like walk me through. Because uh, if Dante Do it. were here, you he'd be it. like Varney you get <laughs> yeah. it without crying. I'm like, Hector's he crying would. with me, okay? <sighs> he
1: would, he would. That sounded just like Dante. That was really good. That was really good. <laughs> we are all living together, even if most folks
0: don't act like it. We all have the same roots, and we are all branches of the same tree. We have... The bigger picture this whole swamp is actually just one tree spread out over miles, branches spread out and sink and take root and then spread some more. One big living organism, just like the entire world. And so Katara says, well, if you have all of this knowledge about this place, can you explain to us why we saw the things that we saw? And he says in the swamp... Ugh, again, they're totally different, but it also reminds me a little bit of the Swamps of Sadness in The Never Ending Story, where the swamp kind of represents this place where we Janet. start to feel all of those feelings, right? Those, the heaviness! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trey, you! Oh, oh the you. heaviness and mm. losing the things we love. And he says in the swamp, we see those that we love and we think we've lost, but we haven't. Yeah. I cannot believe I do this every single time. But we haven't, we are still connected to them. And he says, time is an illusion. And so is death. And
1: I love that so much. What does that even mean? What he's saying is the most profound and beautiful aspect of existence, Yeah. which is if you think that you've lost someone, all you have to do is think about them and they're not lost. And that's the human experience. And I remember years ago, I was having lunch with a friend, and I think we were talking about death, as you do, and and (laughs) she said something to me that has stuck with me. She said, dying cannot be, cannot be the worst thing that happens to you, because it has happened to everyone, Mm. and that made me feel so connected and so okay, you know, and there's been so many movies and TV shows that have explored that, you know, my favorite movie of all time is The Iron Giant. I don't know if you can oh, see. I have a, I have a little giant even. right here behind me. Let's just have a cry fest, Janet. Here we go. The I'm so part, ready. I'm so there. The part where he, where the giant <laughs> says, where he's a Superman because he hears Hogarth who's like, you can be anybody you want to be and he chooses Superman. But the part that I love in that film, there's so many things to just pull from that movie that are just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yes. But there's a part where they see a deer that has been shot by a hunter and Later, him and the giant, the little boy and the giant are talking about this. And Hogarth, with his infinite little boy wisdom, says, it's not wrong to die. It's okay, but it's wrong to kill. Like he's explaining to the giant, it wasn't the deer's fault. That's what happened to the deer. It's okay. It'll happen to everybody. And then if that's too depressing, that film has a beautiful message as well, which is the giant asks him, will you die? And he goes, well, yeah, someday. And then he goes, I die? And then Mm -hmm. Hogarth thinks about it and he goes, well, you're made of metal, but you think about things and you feel things. So it means you have a soul. And my mom says that souls don't die. They kind of go on Mm -hmm. forever. And whether you believe that or not, it's the most beautiful truth. There's a truth in there that, you know, it's okay to have these kinds of conversations and messages in stories for kids we've all had to learn about this stuff as we grow up but it's also about you can learn about this stuff in a beautiful way to get a young person to understand like it's okay it's okay you know and all of those things are swirling around in my head as i'm watching this episode janet like i said i'm like i needed to hear this yeah Yeah. i thought i was having a pretty good couple of weeks but i (laughs) maybe i was a little sadder than i thought and this puts me in a nice place and now knowing that, you know, you're choking up just thinking about it. It makes me so, so, so happy that number one, the show exists. Number two, that you exist, Janet. Number three. You're going to make it worse. Don't do it. That you were on the sequel show to this, like that you (laughs) were somebody, you're such a beautiful soul and they found you and you're a, a part of this whole thing and that you can go back and still talk about these early episodes. And I think you so understand what they were going for and the effect that it has on us is like undeniable. So, Janet... You're the best. You give me so you. much You're time fantastic. to try to
0: recover. Like, oh, look at the <laughs> perfector's giving worse. me all this making time. It worse. Yeah, he's giving me all this time to bounce back and be like super tough and cool. And then everything that comes out of your mouth, just okay, keeps cool stuff. The cool going. tough stuff.
1: Okay, the uh, Terminator. Yeah. Remember yeah. Terminator <laughs> 2
0: when he, when he no, puts No, no, no. You don't understand. You're slipping the wrong way.
1: You're slipping that, the wrong huh? way. You're still I can't. going there. Okay, cool You're still tough. Okay, football, Football's tough. Remember in Rudy when they let him on the field. No, no, no. They let Rudy. Rudy, please they said They no, said, please, Vince bon please. said this is for you. And then no, he ran up no. there and he did his little he did his little tackle. No. If nothing Rudy. else,
0: we always have Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay,
1: all right. Whew. He's coming back. Okay. Obi-Wan's coming all back. Right. It's okay. Ewan's coming back. <sighs> okay.
0: If time is an illusion, if yes. time is an illusion, because we know that who Ang saw was not someone that he loves and misses. We don't know who he was. Aang doesn't know mm-hmm. who this person is, so he has his own experience where he has to sort of go, okay, well, using those same principles that this very wise person has just dropped on us, if time is an illusion, maybe this is someone I am going to meet. Awesome. And this is exciting. It bodes well for the future, and now we got to find Appa and Momo, right? So yes. how are we going to do that? Well, luckily, we have the Avatar with us, and he has very quickly come to grasp the understanding about the connectedness of the swamp. He uses that connectedness to ask the trees, like, what's going on, my friends, Mm -hmm. where I can't see what's happening? And he gets that flash, and he knows Appa and Momo are in trouble, and they have got to go. Right?
1: Right. So, we cut to... The guys who've captured Appa and Momo, they're feeling pretty good. They're singing another instant classic. Here's the clip.
0: <laughs> Sent my lives by the riverbed. Caught ten fish and I killed them dead. Cut them and gut them and I tossed the heads in the water to
1: keep them catgaters fed. Then Team Avatar cuts in. Literally, they save Appa and Momo and ultimately join the tribe for food and a fireside. Katara bonds with them over water bending. They're all eating fish and bugs. Sokka's still trying to explain away all the mysticism.
0: We uh-huh. get one
1: more look <laughs> at Janet's favorite comedic moment in the entire Avatarverse, the screaming bird.
0: It's pretty it's good. It's a great
1: button. And then suddenly, we have the rare Avatar tag at the end of the show. We're back at the Earth Kingdom village. A man is running for his life. He's being chased by the character on your T-shirt, the blue spirit. And it was awesome, awesome little tag at the end. So yeah.
0: great. Yeah, it's another case in which the point of this episode is not for them to have a long drawn-out conversation with the swamp monster to find out more about why this guy was attacking them, and oh, Mm -hmm. he's the avatar, and let me tell you my whole life story, it's not about that, nor is it about the swamp benders wanting to kill and eat Momo and Appa, remember? (laughs) Sokka also wanted to eat Momo at the beginning, so you know, people Mm -hmm. have to get over that, and it happens very quickly in that, you know, they're not villains. These guys are not villains, there's not going to be this drawn out conflict as -hmm. soon as they find out like oh you don't want us to eat these guys these are your buddies they're like okay Okay. we're sorry we didn't know what we didn't know you know we didn't have the information that we have now Mm -hmm. and it's no harm no foul everybody's still okay everybody's safe there's plenty of bugs for us to eat
1: (laughs) in this moment of forgiveness my thinking of a swamp people accent I expected somebody to say hey forget about it no problem but nobody said that and I
0: expected them to say hey you're all right." you're all right.
1: <laughs> You're all right, isn't it? Yeah, nobody did that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You know. That's exactly right. And, <laughs> I mean, listen, talk about opening up a very cool next moment. It's like, oh, Zuko, I mm. don't know if this is a good idea. Like, he <sighs> just couldn't resist. He's got those swords now. He's got his mask. Where is that going to lead us And we will not find out until next episode.
1: Yeah, I love watching the show episode by episode, almost like one a day or man, one a week, which is crazy. But if there's a better example of as soon as an episode ends and you just hit play on the next one, I can't think of it because what a tag. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Could not agree more. So that's the end of the episode. I guess we should talk about some of these critters. We've got some good animal crossings happening. We have that very giant leech who I guess is just kind of a really giant brand new to the world creepy leech. We've got our (laughs) cat gator. We've got some real big bugs that are uh, giving some protein to our friends. We've got some various fish. And of
1: course, of course, we have our Screaming Bird. Big shout out to the Screaming Bird. I tried to look up on the internet who did the voice. Can't find it anywhere. So oh. you're going to have to do some behind the scenes oh. digging, Janet. I think you know you're going to have to call usually some means. pals. Hmm. This
0: usually means I think this will be something that is like the best kept secret or every somebody <laughs> will know and I'll ask Mike <laughs> and Brian and they'll be like, huh, eh. mm-hmm. Might have been me. Like they just have no yeah. they've done so many things Perfect. since they've been working so hard they were doing a fifty thousand things that mm-hmm. nobody remembers. That said, well, don't think I'm not gonna ask because I
1: totally will. Yes. Either way, it's a win-win because if you find out that it was D, it's like yeah. hilarious. The guy can yes. not only do the animals that sound like <laughs> animals, but the animals that sound like people. But then if it's anybody <laughs> else other than D, also amazing. hilarious. It's also yes. amazing. Yeah, anybody oh, else on the so cast right. or any of the creators or anybody working on the show. So yeah, as soon as you find out, that's going to be great. Great.
0: Got to do that. Let's get into most valuable bending and non bending moments. Perfector, your thoughts. We've spoken a lot about some pretty impressive water bending this episode.
1: Uh, I don't want to take too many, but a little honorable mention is I love whenever we see the Ang air ball from like the intro. Yeah. And he actually used it against the yes. swamp monster and, yes. you know, moving around. So I love the air ball, but I got to go with those water slices. Water slices, get those MVP, slices. most valuable. MVB, most valuable bending of the episode.
0: I'm completely comfortable with that. Love those water slices. And (laughs) shout out also to the Swamp Benders for how we discover, to your salient point earlier those new types of and ways of bending elements that maybe we walked away from season one feeling like yeah i got this i get how it all works yep no you don't there's (laughs) there's more in store there's more to be seen so i agree with that i love it folks if you have different ideas about most valuable bending in this episode would love to hear from you on social media hit us up let us know and how about the most valuable non-bending moment in the episode
1: I want to give this one to Momo. Okay. When he was chewing the vines, Even I thought- Even
0: though it made, it was not that well thought through because it meant that Abba was going to plummet very quickly. Y-
1: yes. I <laughs> I always will give credit due to animals who I'm yeah. like, hey, it's pretty smart. You didn't think it through. You don't know about physics. You don't know about how the rest of the world, you know, but little moments where animals can do that to get to that point where like, oh, we have yeah. to- let me get through this. Um, like if a dog unlatches a cage or something that they're in, but then the next step is, I don't know where to go from. Like I'm too high up or something. Hey, give that dog some credit <laughs> it knew the latch part like yeah so momo mvp great just kind of throughout trying to help appa try even with the whistle for motivation he really he was. really was he
0: was thinking on his feet he was thinking on his feet
1: mm-hmm. while
0: i love and respect that choice that's the sort of more actionable like taking action kind of quick thinking mm. most valuable non-bending but maybe another deeper or sort of more about the concept that's presented, which is not bending from our swamp bender and our swamp monster bender, who is the person who lets us know that time is an illusion and so is death. Um, can't really call it bending, but it is definitely a really, that's really a truth important bomb. statement. It's a truth bomb. That's it's a truth bomb. Most
1: valuable truth bomb is what that is. TV, because. <laughs> I can't believe we've said it now like three or four times in this podcast that there's a line in this cartoon show for children that says, time is yeah. an illusion and so is death. Anyway, yeah. next week on Avatar The Last Airbender, the gang gets into <laughs> another little scrap. But they're going to have to figure they, You know, what? Yeah. I love it. But it fits. I it fits. Know. And we were making silly voices and jokes during this, but also we teared up and we cried yes. thinking about the truth of it. So not too many shows can do this, man pretty I couldn't incredible agree more. pretty incredible i
0: couldn't agree more it's just another one of those episodes where we pick up this huge truth bomb and take it along with us and it is definitely going to come into play in future episodes and it's brilliant i love it I absolutely loved going through this episode with you, as I would love going through any episode with you. But you have taken the considerable sting of Dante being on location out <laughs> and made this a spectacularly fun experience for me. Hector Navarro, you're the best. I adore you. Thank you for joining us. We can Thank find you. you on social media at Hector is Funny. Yep. That's both places. Yeah. Uh, Instagram yep. and Twitter. Hector is Funny, which is very true. Absolutely. Folks, if for some weird reason, you are listening to this episode and you have not heard the episode that Hector was on last season. Of course, you can grab all your Braving the Elements episodes from our first season, anywhere you get podcasts. You can certainly jump on board the SpongeBob Binge Pants podcast. And if you want to catch up on episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, I mean, you can do it a lot of different places. Hector, you mentioned that it's a commercial-free on uh, Paramount Plus, not the worst place to go, yep, so did. that's an option yep. as well. <laughs> I hope that you will come back. I will say I feel confident that I can cajole you back onto this podcast in a future
1: episode. Absolutely. Uh, I know. Anytime, Janet. This was so much fun. It was also a much needed little mini therapy sesh. So thank you, my friend. You're wonderful. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for having me on the show. It was my absolute pleasure. Thanks. Oh,
0: thanks, everybody. See you next week. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Avatar Braving the Elements. And hey, make sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a review. All of that really helps the podcast so much. Next week on Braving the Elements, we're finally going to sort of answer the question, what bending is best? It changes all the time. We're featuring four Avatar superfans, each representing one of the elements to participate in our inaugural Best Bending Battle. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.